government to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're locked and loaded right here on Live from America. And I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the live, free, or die granite state of New Hampshire. Thank you for letting me do this job for you every single day. Got a great show for you lined up. We are going to go to the border this morning for more footage. From Ben Berkwam. He sent me this footage at 12 a.m. So it must have been something that he recorded la- uh, last night as the, as the evening was approaching. And uh, sent, me, sent me this at 12 a.m. Said, hey, for your morning show, you want to get this out there. This is more footage from the border. A conversation with law enforcement out in the field with Ben Berkwam. Uh, again, yesterday evening. And folks, this is... Again, we're going to continue to show this stuff, and the reason why we're going to continue to show it is because I don't know how many times I can say it, but all of Ben's reporting, all of this footage from the border, everything that he's been able to, to uh, show to the American public and expose to the American public will be used as evidence. I can promise you that. It will be used as evidence when we impeach this administration for what they've done to this country. Anyway, let's go to the border and play what Ben sent me. Just last night. Here we go. These are these are full. So that means these were dropped this morning. As you can see, they're not like dirty either. Fresh backpacks. Now those are cracked right there. Carpet shoes. Still fairly clean. Is it getting worse? Oh, it's absolutely worse. Yeah. This this here is as you guys can see. I was here. I've been here every day for the past three weeks. It's my third week here, and there's constantly new new stuff. That's new. These water bottles are new. The one standing up over there, you can still smell the body odor on the on the material. So that's within eight hours. We have domestic law enforcement organizations in this country running military-style operations on the border. Texas DPS does it along the Rio Grande. We're doing it out here. Uh, I'm sure Cochise County. I don't know about New Mexico. New Mexico is kind of a their own game and, and the the mountains behind us the so they, they control a lot of the high points they control all the high points so yeah. so we're looking at these mountains here and we've got cartel mm-hmm. operatives coyote scouts looking for when border patrol looking for you here i'll show you the high points over here where all the scouts are located at yeah and they're, they're keeping eyes 
They go up in these caves, they live in there a couple weeks at a time, they get resupplied. That's a whole nother element of this cartel. You know, you have your transportation narcotic cell, you have your transportation person cell, you have your human uh, cell coming up, and then you have your scout cell, then you have your resupply cell, and it's all coordinated, it's very compartmentalized, so this guy doesn't know what this guy is doing, because if I infiltrate, if he and I are talking, but he doesn't talk to her and I don't talk to her, she can never be wrapped up in the conspiracy and only this portion of the cell is taken down and we can replace that real quick. Yeah. A lot more sophisticated than um, people and, tend to believe. And resources, like you said, mm -hmm. more money than your departments. Yeah. <laughs> by, a, by a big time, yeah. Last thing, uh, the amount of people in America that have been corrupted. You know, we know the uh, Mexican government has been corrupted by the cartels. How much are you seeing of that infiltration within our own government? <laughs> if you're asking the opinion of Chris Lepree, not the opinion of the Pinal County Sheriff's Office, our entire Washington, D.C. has been corrupted by, by <laughs> elements of, that are bad for the United States. And I'll leave it at that. And he'll leave it at that. <clears throat> he said it. Washington, D.C. has been corrupted at the highest level for a long time, and he'll leave it at that. These are people that belong to sheriff's departments who are out there trying to keep their people safe. Something that Joe Biden and this administration illegally occupying the White House haven't been able to do, haven't tried to do, don't want to do. Matter of fact, want to do the complete opposite. And the reason why we know that to be true is because they're not stopping it. They're welcoming it. They're welcoming this southern invasion on our border. We're not going to talk about Ukraine's border any longer. We're not going to spend an ounce, and an ounce of time unless it's very, very important or very pertinent uh, to that day. We're not going to spend an ounce of time talking about Ukraine's border anymore. It's over with. We're going we're gonna to focus our attention on where it needs to be focused now, and that is the full invasion of our southern border. Look, before now, you could chalk it up to incompetence. Before now, you could chalk it up to liberal communists that just want to have a bleeding heart and let anybody into this country because they think it's not diverse enough. But now we just know that it is for an entirely different reason. And it is to weaken the United States of America. And all of that money that they're taking from the veterans, they're giving to the illegal aliens. All of that health care that you heard Barack Hussein Obama talk about yesterday at the White House, which we will revisit later on in this show, is going to illegal aliens. We're going to cover 60,000 60, more people. Uh, Obamacare is going to now cover uh, 3.5 million people that didn't have access to health care before, and uh, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, you're giving it to all the illegals that are coming across. American citizens aren't getting any of that. Not that we want any of your Obamacare, but that's who's receiving it. When you're talking about all those numbers, uh, bu uh, about where all your uh, taxpayer health care is going, it's, uh, it's going to the illegals. Uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and myself, uh, we believe that uh, it's proper to give uh, health care to illegal aliens. Uh, and forget about the American people. Uh, because white privilege. And because that's what we do. <laughs> I almost puked. I almost threw up watching that guy back in the White House yesterday. But, you know, watching those two stand there together, they looked like the Three Stooges, didn't they? Mo, Larry, and Curry, Curly. Kamala, Kamala, Joe, and Obama back in action. Of course, Joe was just there. He wasn't really there, if you know what I mean. But, by the way, folks, let's get back to Ben Berkwam. He's doing a heck of a job. Definitely reach out to him via social media or any way you can. Visit his website frontlineamerica.com and let him know what you think of the job that he's done down there. I want to uh, go and read some emails from you guys. <clears throat> this is from Julie Walker. And Julie Walker says, I'm asking that you pray for my uh, friend of mine. He's a 27-year-old vet who served in Afghanistan. Six years ago, he was diagnosed with brain cancer and sent home to die. When he beat the odds and stayed with us up until last night, last night he passed away, leaving behind two very young boys, a wife, a family, a ton of friends in this small community. A few weeks ago, I witnessed a very small community come together in droves to raise a lot of money for this brave man and his family. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please pray for this family. Thank you, Julie, for bringing this to our attention. Our veterans do not get even close to the same care that illegal aliens get, which is why it ticks me off so bad to report about all these illegal aliens coming in and about all this money and care that our government provides for them and not our U.S. veterans. There isn't very many things in this world to tick me off more than that. But we want to send prayers and say that we're incredibly sorry and that uh, we're incredibly grateful for people like him and his family who fight so very hard to just have that happen. Christine Sapp says, My name is Christine, and over the years I've struggled with my relationship with God. As a teen, I made some decisions that turned my life upside down, and as a result, it left me in a dark place for a long time. It got so bad that at one point I didn't even care if I lived or died, and I was hospitalized as a result. At 22, I met my husband, and we now have been together for going on nine years. He helped me out of the darkness, and I feel like I can live again. Watching your show and saying the Lord's Prayer every day has helped open my eyes to many blessings that God has given me. He gave me a a loving, supportive partner and two beautiful boys, William, my oldest, who was born in August. He loves your song, Rebirth of America, dances to it every time he hears it, and Jonathan, my youngest, Born in September, if you could say a prayer for my family, it would mean the world to us. P.S. If you could give my husband, Chris Meadows, a shout-out, it it would make his day. Chris, it's great to see men being men. It's great to see what they call toxic masculinity actually being the head of your household and reaching down when you can to pull up your partner, to pull up your bride, to pull up the beautiful woman that God gave you to share your life with and bring her back to God, help her see the light. And if anything that we can do on this show helps by saying prayers or by continuing to spread the gospel, you know we're going to do it. Big shout out to you, sir. Big shout out to every single one of you. Uh, You guys are really wonderful. And uh, one more here from Skyler. I was a Democrat, a.k.a. I had my head in the sand and didn't have a clue about anything political. In 2019, when BLM was burning down my city, Portland, And tearing down our beautiful statues, I wanted to know who was doing this and why. It took me a short time of researching to come to my conclusion, and I changed parties and became a Republican. I started watching you at this time as well. I love your show and the fact that you keep God a part of it. I have not missed a show since uh, since I started watching. I'm a 62-year-old woman, and I live alone. I've been diagnosed with a disease that is very scary and very painful. My bones are fusing together. I was a drug user for years. And do not want to go back on heavy pain medication. I am asking for prayers. I believe God can heal me. Well, first of all, you've made your first step. You've made your first step, dear. Skylar, your first step to getting healed is to believe that God can do it. Since the Bible says when two or more ask in his name for prayer, it will be answered. I do not have a church or church friends, so I don't have two people to pray for me. No, you have 20,000 people to pray for you in this life from America family and we will if you and the LFA family can pray for me I believe I will be healed so will you please pray for me I believe our message I I also believe our message our mess is our message oh excuse me so I want I want everyone to know that the light is brightest in the dark but this pain is almost unbearable let's go ahead and let's say a prayer for Skylar as we get ready to say the Lord's Prayer as well. Actually, we'll do the verse of the day, then the Lord's Prayer, but let's say a prayer for Skylar. Lord in heaven, please, Lord, cover Skylar in the armor of God. Be there with her, help her understand, and help her lean on you in these hard times. None of us ever know what a person's going through, Lord, but you do understand and you do feel everything that Skylar feels and please Lord just let her lean on you and we all pray for her to have full restoration of health and continue to walk in a relationship with you in Jesus name we pray amen now let's go to the verse of the day let's keep it going with God didn't mean to take the headphones off but let's get to it uh, the verse of the day today was titled like children we rely on our father Verse of the day, Philippians 4, 15 through 20. And how I started this was I said, we call ourselves child of God. Why? 
Aren't you an adult? Most of our parents have passed away. So how can we be a child when you probably have children or even grandchildren? Do you remember being a kid? Think about that real quick. Close your eyes while I speak and think about being a kid. Think about your greatest memories. Do you remember having no worries other than if your parents were going to say yes to you spending the night at a friend's house? Or maybe what kid had a crush on you in school? Those were the days, weren't they? After reading these verses, we'll touch on that. Verse of the day, Philippians 4, 15 through 20 says, As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. And I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am gen- genu- generously supplied with the gifts that you have sent with me. With me, Sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Jesus Christ's name. Now all glory to God, our Father, forever and ever. Amen. Now this really hit home to me today, and I prayed for this message. I did. I prayed hard for this message to give this to you this morning. And I relate to this so much. As you have all done so much for me, and you've done the same for me. When I was working on my career, you all made it possible for me to quit that and do this full time as a job. We started with absolutely nothing in the last week of November 2020. I didn't know that this would all work out. And I prayed, and you all prayed, and God made a way where there was not even a path prior. He is wonderful, and so are all of you for supplying me with everything I needed to do this show. Your kindness to me has done even more than you will ever know. Just look at, look at the Slurp Fund. We have now, in total, sent out over $35,000 from last year until now to help people in need. That kind of stuff is a blessing in itself. When we rely on God for everything, he does amazing things. I do not have a plan in all of this. I live hour by hour according to what God wants from me and for me. Much like a child relies on his father and mother. When we were kids, we had chores and responsibilities, but we also had very few worries about a roof over our heads, food in the house, or clothes on our backs. We left that all up to our parents. Sure, some households were worse than others, but for the most part, that is what childhood looked like. Today, as adults, today, as adults, but still children of God, we have chores and responsibilities as well. Just like when we were kids, just a little different and a lot more. However, one thing remains the same. We are still God's children, and we need to rely on him like we did our parents to take care of everything for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, let's gather those two or more people and let's think of all of those thanksgivings that we have and all that glory to give to God as well as to people asking for prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Remember, folks, just like when you were a kid, you need to rely on your parents now. And your parent just happens to be your father, which is God. And if you do that and not worry about anything, and just handle your business every day, and be in a relationship with him, I guarantee you, your life will be much more smoother than it ever has been. Let us put up our cups. Put your cups up, folks. Do it with me. Here we go. A cheers to all of you. 
And let's have our first slurp of the day before we get to the first and foremost section. And for those who have already sent in your Rumble Rant donations, it is used and appreciated much more than you know for good things. Here we go. First and foremost, yesterday, the sham January 6th unselect committee grilled President Donald J. Trump's daughter, Ivanka Trump, for eight hours looking for any angle to prevent Donald Trump from ever being or running for president ever again. Of course, that's their goal. We all know it. And of course, we all know who Miss Ivanka Trump is. Love her or hate her, she's always had her father's back when needed. Let's get into this story and talk about what that was like. Ivanka sat for eight hours before the, Jan- the sham January 6th unselect committee, led by Trump haters like Liz Cheney and action figure Adam Kinzinger. Former President Donald J. Trump's daughter Ivanka testified for eight hours on Tuesday to the U.S. House of Representatives Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 um, undercover sting on the U.S. Capitol. She's answering questions. I mean, you know, not in a broad, chatty term, but she's answering questions, said Representative Benny Thompson, the panel's Democratic chairman, as he told that to reporters on the Capitol. Her testimony began Tuesday morning and ended around 6 p.m. About eight hours later, a source familiar with the testimony told Routers. uh, And Breitbart also reported on how um, left scoundrel Jamie Raskin said she was actually pretty cooperative. Now, Representative Jamie Raskin, uh, Democrat from Maryland, said on uh, MSNBC yesterday, all in that Ivanka Trump, the daughter and senior White House advisor for former President Donald J. Trump, was, quote, cooperative during her eight-hour testimony before the House committee. Raskin said Chairman Benny Thompson said afterward that she was, co- she was a cooperative witness, and in that sense, she exemplifies the vast majority of the people who, have, uh, who we have contacted who've come before the committee who have told exactly a lot of, uh, um, excuse me, who have told exactly in a lot of cases, mostly what they know in other cases, essentially people are cooperating. Now, before I go any further, when they say that she was an exemplary witness, when they said that she was cooperative, that doesn't mean that she was telling them anything that they want to hear. Now, what I've noticed from last night until today is that liberal content creators all over the internet, especially on TikTok, and believe me, I follow them on there so I can see what they're saying and what they're working on. I always want to know what their step is next. You got to know your enemy, right? They're all saying because Jamie Raskin and Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and the rest of the morons on that committee, the clown show, the clown club, um, they're saying because they're, they are referring to her as a cooperative witness or a, uh, an exemplary witness, And they're taking that to say, oh, she must have said something that's going to make the walls close in on Trump again. But ladies and gentlemen, what actually happened is you know how classy Ivanka is. You know how intelligent she is. Remove your feelings about her and her husband because I have my own as well. Remove all of that. Think about what she means to her dad. Think about what she does for her dad. Okay, and then think about how classy and intelligent she is. What they're saying is she sat there, she did, she answered questions, and she did it in the most classy possible way as possible. That is what the Trump family does. When they are called on to be that way, they can be that way. Now, I love Don Jr. I love his personality. Eric really doesn't say much. Tiffany doesn't really say much. But the two that are in the front of the public, uh, the front of the camera, is Ivanka and Don Jr. They have very different styles. But one thing that President Trump taught them and taught them well was how to handle their business. There's two different things. There's business and there's regular old personal life. And in their business, there is nobody more cutthroat, more to the point, more classy, and more intelligent than the Trumps. You've seen it since they were children. They have been literally molded to be, to have the minds that they have, and they have good minds. Let's go on and read this a little bit uh, a little bit more into this, uh, into, this, into this story. The committee was created outside in its own mandate 
The January 6th committee is a sham and a lie. The January 6th committee speaker Pelosi, our corrupt speaker Pelosi, excuse me, created the committee. But when Republicans like Jim Jordan were selected to be on the committee by uh, by Republican leadership, Pelosi changed the makeup and only allowed two Republicans on the committee. Trump haters and anger management candidates, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. The committee has ignored the feds and other infiltrators present on the January 6th cap on the, on January 6th at the Capitol. Antifa was there as well as individuals like Ray Epps and BLM and the FBI. The American public still does not know who paid Ray Epps. We don't know what interactions he and others like him had with the Democrats and the deep state before January 6th. There is no committee looking into the billions in damages from BLM and Antifa in the summer of 2020. And the January 6th committee it continues to ignore Antifa and BLM's presence at the Capitol on January 6th. The real insurrection, we all know, was the stolen election of 2020. And when we take over these committees, that will be public. And all of this information that we've been working on for the last 15 months will be evidence and these people will pay the price. A million people showed up in Washington, D.C. to protest the stolen 2020 election. Every day, more and more evidence is unearthed of the corruption related to that stolen election. But the corrupt Democrats who stole the election will never dig into that. They need to use their corrupt and illegal practices in future elections as well. So they're going to continue with this fake narrative. But much like the Russian narrative... Much like the Ukraine story narrative, much like the Russian prostitute narrative, much like the taxes narrative, much like everything that they've tried to come at the Trump organization, it has flipped back and bit them in their own rear ends, and this will too. This entire January 6th committee is nothing but show. It is the political version of MSDNC. It is the Capitol Hill version of a CNN nightly primetime show. That's all it is. None of you, none of you have anything to worry about about this January 6th unselect committee. I promise you, they are nothing. They represent nothing. They're getting no results. And anybody who does not want to participate just doesn't participate. And there's nothing that's going to be done because of it. Why? Because they're weak. They're cowards. They're illegitimate. And they're on the wrong side of history. And that's all you have to know. Other than that, brush them off like, a, like an annoying flea because that's all they are and that's all they're good for. Now, moving from that story to speak on more evil deeds from the Democratic Communist Party as the um, House Judiciary Democrats are working avidly right now to change recusal standards in order to remove Justice Clarence Thomas from decisions and rulings that they do not feel that he should be on because of the fact that he is such a staunch conservative. The high-tech lynching went to a digital lynching, which is now just a plain old lynching of Clarence Thomas by the Democrat Communist Party. The House Judiciary Democrats are up to their old tricks and planning a closed-door meeting to come up with a plot to force Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from cases related to January 6th. Because, look, if the, this is all of this stuff is going to end up going to the Supreme Court. All, every bit of it. And the Supreme Court is so loaded for uh, conservatives, even if some of them are wishy-washy, none of them are going to convict Donald Trump or allow a conviction of Donald Trump for January 6th. The January 6th committee last month leaked his wife, Jenny Thomas's text messages and the exchanges with Mark Meadows to the Washington Post as her husband was hospitalized with an infection. The text messages exchanged between Jenny and Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, are basically uneventful. They basically just tell you where her personal opinions lie. That's it. Last I checked, that was legal in the United States of America. Senate Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin, loser from Illinois, last week joined other Democrats and called for Clarence, Thomas's, uh, for, for Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from cases related to J6. Now this, House Democrats are hatching a plot to change the recusal standards for Justice Thomas. Some of the Democrats on the committee, chaired by Gerald Poop Pants Nadler, the Penguin, 
have suggested drafting legislation to change recusal standards. So they're going to make it a law that says if you meet this this kind of conflict of interest, you cannot rule on this case. What about the conflict of interest of, I don't know, the DNC and the fake Russia dossier? What about the conflict of interest between Hillary Clinton and going to the uh, getting a FISA warrant? What about the conflict of interest that Joe Biden has right now with his son, Hunter Biden, who is a crackhead, a pedophile, and a traitor? By the way, whatever happened to Hunter? Where the hell is he? Where's Hunter? What about those? Anyway, Gerald Nadler have suggested drafting the legislation to change the recusal standards, a move that is arguably unconstitutional, and it will. It is. There will be a conversation on how to proceed. Some of us are eager to perform some kind of oversight, one of the Democrat lawmakers told NBC yesterday. We totally understand the separation of powers issues. There are major limitations, obviously, but we can't just sit on our hands and allow the United States to go by the Constitution. Democrats on the committee plan to hold a closed-door meeting to discuss how they can move this further and bring more conflict of interest accusations uh, against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his wife in order to remove them from any kind of ruling about this because they're doing everything they can to keep Trump away. Now, the meeting had been planned for Thursday, but the committee spokesperson said yesterday evening that it would be postponed likely until after lawmakers return from a two-week congressional recess on April 26. The spokesman cited scheduling conflicts, scheduling conflicts for the delay. Now, folks, the Democrats called a meeting, called the meeting a pretty specific response to many of us clamoring from some, for some kind of action or at least a conversation on a path forward. However, Democrat spokesmen for the committee characterized the planned private gathering as a regular meeting of members to discuss panels' upcoming agendas. Long story short, they're trying to keep it behind closed doors. They're trying to keep it secret. Nothing is held in secret anymore. Not in 2022. Welcome to the age of the Internet. Welcome to the age of digital information. And nothing that you say will be hidden. And everything that you say will be used against you in a court of law. Do you have anything to say, Democrat communists? That's the words I'm waiting to hear. Always hatching evil plans behind closed doors. However, I do have some good news for you, and this was some good plans that were formulated behind, well, right out in the public, actually. Georgia Republicans have passed a bill to allow enforcement to invest to allow law enforcement, excuse me, to investigate election fraud like the massive ballot trafficking that went on during the 2020 election. Now, the worst part about this story is why there needs to be any kind of legislation drafted up anyway for law enforcement to investigate fraud. That to me seems like the most stupid and the most moronic conversation and statement that I have ever heard in my life. Why would you need to pass a law? in order for law enforcement to investigate law breaking. It doesn't make any sense. But once you start getting into this, like we are here on Life in America, you start to realize how deep the red tape goes. We always ask ourselves, well, why don't they just do? Well, why don't they just change? Well, why, don't, why aren't people arrested? When is something going to happen? Well, the answer to those are never easy. They're never easy and they're never simple. And the reason why they're never easy and they're never simple is because laws for thee and not for me. Do as I say, not as I do. That is the elitist way of thinking. And that is the way that the elites have used the last 40 years of our uninvolvement into politics while we sat on our hands and sat on our couches eating Cheetos. These elite losers have worked a, uh, built a system and weaved a web of lies, corruption, and confusion so that nothing is as it seems, nothing can be done that should be done, and nothing is easy. Everything is red tape, everything is ridiculous, and everything is stupid. Just investigate fraud. I mean, is it that crazy to think that law enforcement would, in, would investigate somebody breaking laws? I mean, it's good news, don't get me wrong, but what in the H-E double hockey sticks are we talking about here? Georgia's legislature passed a bill expanding the power of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the GBI, to investigate election fraud without being directed by the Secretary of State's office, basically unilaterally. 
Georgia's 2020 election was littered with fraud and ballot stuffing and harvesting. After several days of counting by liberal activists and hired hands, Joe Biden pulled off a stunning upset in the state where he had absolutely zero support and was losing all night long. The new law will bypass shady Brad Raffensperger, which amen on that, who lied about the situation in Georgia and allowed hundreds of ballot traffickers to operate in the state. Georgia's, Georgia's legislature approved the bill expanding the law enforcement's power to investigate fraud over the objections of voting rights groups, adding to a wave of Republican-backed legislation passed after Donald Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was rigged. The legislation passed late Monday would give the Georgia Bureau of Investigations uh, top authority to investigate and initiate probes of election crimes. Under current law, the state, the Secretary of State's office looks into allegations of irregularities and can ask the GBI for assistance as needed. Trump has fiercely criticized Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. And another one you want to throw in there, too, is that little weasel. What's that little weasel's name? The one that works for Raffensperger, Gabriel Sterling, the one that looks like it's Pat. Both fellow Republicans, for their refusal to... Um, to uh, investigate the results of the 2020 election in which President Joe Biden became the first Democrat in nearly 30 years to win the state. Now I'm going to show you a video at the end of the day that's going to show you that that is just not true. We all know it, but I'm going to show you the guy has zero support, not, in the, not only in the country, but in his own party. Nobody likes the guy. He's just a wash up, washed up albino raisin that is just dry rotting in the sun and he can't even formulate a sentence or find his way around any room. Oh, he's just lost. He's just lost. He's a dried up piece of fruit with no brain. If you ask a bunch of kids, if you took Joe Biden and a bunch of vegetables in a classroom and you ask the kids, hey, which one of these vegetables is your least favorite? Which one do you not like the most? All kids would point to Joe Biden. Unbelievable. Anyway, we're going to move on to the great state of Illinois, where I am from. Not so great, actually. Hasn't been great in a long time, mainly because of Chicago and Cook County, which should be its own island, push it off into Lake Michigan or something. But a woke church in Illinois plans to fast from whiteness for Lenten season. Oh, no, you heard that right. Let me say that one more time. A woke church in Illinois plans to, quote, fast from whiteness, the color of your skin, for Lenten season. Now, folks, one of our biggest problems in this country, as believers anyway, in Christ is that our churches, leaders like pastors, priests, clergymen, reverends, whatever you call yourself, whatever title you have, our church leaders in this country are leading the congregation so quickly away from Jesus and to the conformity of society and man's feelings and laws, and it ends up doing far more harm to Jesus and the Word of God than any non-believer could ever do. To walk somebody purposely down the wrong path when you know the right path, that is the only sin that God will not forgive. And how I have to tell this to leaders of the church all over this country and all over the world is absolutely asinine. I am a six-year Christian, and I feel like I am more in touch with God and the Word of Jesus Christ than most of these people who have dedicated their entire lives to it, and I am completely flabbergasted. I, am, I was confused. I'm no longer confused because I understand that they are committing the one sin that God will not forgive when you know when you know the gospel is true and you know the words of Jesus were true and you still lead somebody to the path of hell. I don't understand it, but that's the problem with this world today. And that's why we have such a hard time spreading the gospel because people are absolutely out of their minds. Let's get into this story. If you live near or in Oak Park, Illinois, I am sure you will be familiar with who I'm about to, to talk about. A church in Oak Park, Illinois, announced that they will not use 
quote, any music or liturgy written or composed by white people, end quote, during the Lenten season as they commit to fasting from whiteness. Uh, <laughs> I, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Greta Thunberg would say, How dare you? How dare you? I, I, I don't even know what to say to that. First United Church. That's the name of the church, and it is in Oak Park. I want to thank everybody sending the Rumble Rant donations. God bless you guys. You, uh, you help out more than you know. Oak Park, Illinois, First United Church shared with their parishioners that they will not use any music or liturgy associated with white people. Instead, the church will utilize musical scores and liturgies from minorities and people of color. Look, as long as you're playing music to God, I don't care if it is a green alien who all of a sudden made the switch to Christianity and started singing to God, I don't care. But to come out and actually say it, but to come out and actually be racist in the house of God and say we're going to get rid of that music because a white person sang it, well, I don't think the United Church needs to have any more people come and donate and be a part of their message. Quote, for Lent this year, First United is doing a a mix of giving something up and, quote, taking something on. The church announced on its website, quote, in our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written and composed by white people. Our music will be drawn from the African-American spiritual tradition, from South African freedom songs, from Native American traditions, and many, many more. The announcement continued. Bet you guys didn't know that Elon Musk was an African-American. Isn't that weird that the liberals and the left-wing Twitterverse are being racist against Elon Musk? He's an African-American. Is that the African-Americans you're talking about? Or are you referring to people that don't have, that have white skin? Because if you're talking about drawing inspiration from African-American spirits and tradition, well, Elon Musk is an African-American. Charlie Sterren is an African-American. Isn't that weird? Look at the virtue signaling here with complete ignoramuses that have no idea what they're even saying. For Lent... It is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines we may grow as Christians, united in one body of Christ. Well, really, except if you're white, I guess. With people of all ages, nations, and races, except if you're white, and origins, if, unless you're white. The church concluded. I, this is the problem. When we started doing the Save America Freedom Tour, I want to talk to you candidly here for a minute. When we started doing the Save America Freedom Tour, Real America's Voice News asked me and Ben, where do you think we should do these? We thought about it. We said we could do them outside events. We could do them at American Legions. We could do them at, you know, any kind of, uh, any kind of those uh, places like uh, Kiwanis Clubs that you could rent out, right? And then I said, no, we need to do it in churches. And they thought that was a very interesting concept. They're like, why churches? I said, what better way to get a message out of truth, goodness, wholeness, purity, gospel, than doing it from a church? And they said, yeah, but churches are so PC these days that they won't allow that. I said, trust me, there's enough people out there. There are enough people out there that, do want, that are saying what we're saying and that want to hear about what's going on from a biblical point of view and how to act, and how to talk, and how to conduct yourselves through this craziness where politics has wormed its way into everybody's life. We need to do them at churches. We need to turn churches around, and we need to start giving churches inspiration and courage to say, hey, just so you know, just like stealing, just like lying, just like dishonoring, just like disrespecting your parents, homosexuality is illegal. I mean, in the eyes of God not in the eyes of man. It is illegal. It is forbidden. Now, if somebody chooses that lifestyle, they're not sinning any more or on a different level than somebody who chooses the lifestyle of lying and thieving. But the church needs to say it. The church has no problem getting up there and saying lying is wrong. The church has no problem getting up there and saying um, that dishonoring your mom and dad 
is wrong. The church has no problem getting up there and saying being a hypocrite is wrong. But why does the church have a problem with getting up there and saying that the LGBTQIA plus community is nothing but promotion of sin and very, very sexually immoral lifestyles? Why is somebody so hard? Why is that so hard to say? It's because churches don't want to lose their tax-exempt status. And they have become slaves and they've become pawns to the IRS and the United States government to walk a very, very, very thin line. Let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever read the Bible? And if you have, do you think Jesus walked that very thin line? Or do you think Jesus broadly, openly, and publicly stated what was wrong and what was right, and he didn't care what you thought of it. Because it's not you that matters. It is the word of God that matters, period. These churches need an attitude adjustment, and they need it quick. Because that is why we're having such a hard time getting families back to the supper table together. That is why we're having such a hard time getting morals taught in the hierarchy of the family uh, uh, nucleus. And we have government agencies that are getting on their knees for BLM and Antifa who are self-proclaimed Marxists and communists who want to destroy everything that Christianity stands for. Folks, this is not a war between Democrats and Republicans over land. This is a spiritual and holy war to get rid of your moral compass that is written on your heart. At birth, God wrote your conscience on your heart at birth, and they want to destroy it, and not only destroy it, they themselves want to become God, and they want you to bow down to them and ask them for permission for everything that you do. That is what's really going on here. So for everybody who thinks that we're just fighting for an election, an elected seat or land, get over that. It is far more than that. It is far deeper than that. And fixing the issues that everybody thinks are the problem is only going to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole and kick the can down the road for the next generation. We need to cut the head off the beast and we need to go right for the jugular. Or else we're over. I see this. How do leaders of churches not see this? Now, speaking of woke, wait till you see and hear this. You guys all probably grew up eating Oreos, dunking your Oreos in your milk. Now, lately, it has been the trend to be a woke company, to virtue signal at the highest level, even if what you're virtue signaling about has nothing to do with who you are or what you sell. Oreo has now gone fully woke. Oreo has gone so woke, ladies and gentlemen, that they have launched a new woke ad about the LGBTQIAXYZ community. However, my question to you before we get into this, what the heck does eating cookies have anything to do with your sexual lifestyle? Are you meaning to tell me that Oreo needed to put out a woke ad to the LGBTQ community because they're the only people that eat cookies? Maybe because they're the only people they want to eat their cookies? What is going on and why the correlation and the comparison between your sexual lifestyle in a bedroom and your sexual immorality that you want to put on full display for five, six, and seven-year-olds have to do with eating a cookie? Clown world. Clown world. Last week, Joe Biden commemorated Transgender Day of Visibility, something none of us want to see, at the White House by scolding parents who refused to encourage their children to select their gender. Hours later, a transgender winner of Jeopardy, Jeopardy champion Amy Schneider reinforced the push to normalize transgenderism among children at a White House press briefing. And Transgender Assistant Secretary for Health, Rachel Levine, followed suit declaring him herself a role model, (laughs) a role model for trans kids. 
Let's go ahead and play this role model for trans kids and tell me if you would want this thing anywhere near your kids. Check this out. How much do you see yourself in, in some ways, Admiral Levine, as a role model for, for trans kids, given that you are well, such a high-ranking official in the government? Well, thank you so much. It is such an honor to serve in this position. It's an honor to have been nominated and then confirmed uh, as the Assistant Secretary for Health and then truly an honor to have taken the uniform of the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps as a, a four-star admiral. So I am truly privileged and I, um, I am honored to serve as a role model for transgender individuals. But what I want to do is give back. Um, uh, and what, the two ways that I can give back is one, to be very vocal and advocate for the LGBTQI plus community, specifically transgender individuals, and to work on specific policies at HHS and throughout the administration that support um, uh, diversity, equity, blah, and inclusion. Blah, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that looks like Colonel Vinman in drag. Are you sure that wasn't just Colonel Vinman in drag pretending to be a high-ranking official in the United States government? That looked like Colonel Vinman. Colonel Vinman looks exactly like Rachel Levine. Richard Levine, whatever the heck his name is. It's a he. It is a he, folks. I don't care what you think your gender is, just like I don't care if you think you're a giraffe. I'm not going to call you a giraffe. If my kids came to me and said, Dad, I don't think that I want to be a girl anymore. Don't call me Shay anymore. anymore. Call me Shane. I'd say, uh, nope. Your name's Shay. And you were born a girl. That's what your birth certificate says. And I don't care what your gender assignment feels like. I don't care about that. When you become 18, leave the house, call yourself a he all you want, name yourself Shane, move to Mars. I don't care. But you're not under my roof going to refer to yourself as something that you're not. And you're not going to force me to do it either. Sorry about your luck. That's called parenting, folks. And if more parenting happened, then more children wouldn't be confused about what they are. But I do remember... I do remember a very, very smart young boy in a movie a long time ago called Kindergarten Cop, and he said the very obvious that all of us should know, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Now let me play this very weird two-minute and 30-second woke ad by Disney. I just don't get it. It makes no sense. Check it out. Mendoza. We are not one family. I know you came halfway around the world so we can have a better life. It gets to be English in a minute. That's why it's weird. This whole thing's weird. But I am. But I I love you. Cookies. <laughs> Cookie monster. I love. I love. Cookies. I mean. I love you. What is happening? I think you're ready. Okay, well, that's in English. We don't need the subtitles. I, I mean, this looks... I mean, I know it's... Because there's Asian people here, but it looks like this is directly funded by the CCP. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. Dunk that Oreo in that milk. You brave soul. cookies nothing says gay like dumping your cookies in your milk nothing allows you to come out to your family as part of the LGBTQ community like eating Oreos with your family Oreos proud sponsor of gay people eating cookies not for white straight males coming out 
doesn't just happen once. Oreo. Bite into a lifelong ally. <laughs> what? What? A, that has got to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't even have a punchline. The whole thing is ri- just ridiculous. It has nothing. It has no beginning. It has no middle. It has no end. It has no substance. It has no punchline. It has no monologue. It has no meaning whatsoever. And for that, nobody cares. Uh, what is happening? Does Gen Z watch that and understand what is happening? Because I don't. I am love. You are love. I I, you're almost ready. For what? What happened? Did he come out to his family? And did they eat Oreos together? I don't know. Please tell me in the comments what happened. Go buy the store-bought brand Hydroxy, whatever that is, not Hydroxychloroquine. What are those cheap Oreos? Hydro Hydro cuts or whatever they are. Buy them from now on. Or don't eat any cookies. I don't know. All I know is that didn't make any sense to me, and it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Moving on to some more stupid people. Let's go to Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, because Elon Musk, as you know, has bought 10% of Twitter and become a part of the board of directors. Well, the world has been saying, put Trump back on. Of course, we talked about it last night. I don't even care if Trump, I don't want Trump back on there. And the only reason I would want Trump back on there is just to rub it in the face of liberals and tweet mean things at 3 a.m. But folks, the Twitter fascists have put a kibosh to that. The Twitter fascists have released a statement saying they don't care that Elon Musk is on the board. They will continue to censor conservatives. And Trump is not coming back. He is not welcome back. Oh, no, I'm so scared. For years, Twitter has censored, shadow banned, and deleted top conservatives around the country. For years, they said it was because of hate speech or fake news, or unapproved opinions. Twitter would then be proven wrong on almost everything they previously censored. Twitter deleted the Gateway Pundit, Jeremy Harrell, President Trump, James O'Keefe, Alex Jones, Oyen Schroyer, Infowars, and several prominent conservatives' accounts over the last five years. On Monday, there was new hope that Twitter would change its fascist ways when Elon Musk became the company's top shareholder. But on Tuesday, Twitter squashed that noise and released a statement vowing to never let President Trump back on their platform ever again because free speech means everything to people. Well, that's a double negative. Twitter says it has no plans to reinstate former President Donald Trump's account despite Elon Musk vowing to, quote, make significant improvements to the social media platform. Twitter is committed to impartiality. In the development and enforcement of its policies and rules, the company told Daily Mail, our policy decisions are not determined by the board or shareholders, and we have no plans to reverse any policy decisions. As always, our board plays an important advisory and feedback role across the entirety of our service. Our day-to-day operations and decisions are made by Twitter management and employees, the company added. Okay, well, since you're the board, you can basically fire anybody, hire anybody, Whatever. But yet they're passing the buck and saying it's the CEO's fault. Well, look, Twitter, we don't give a crap about you. We have Getter. YouTube, we don't get a crap about you. We've got Rumble. Facebook, we don't give a crap about you because we have Truth Social. We have Cloud Hub. We have so many options now that nobody cares. We just want to come back on there and annoy you. That's all. But anyway, Twitter has spoken. And for Twitter speaking their mind and not being able, not being afraid of saying that President Trump will never, ever, ever, ever be allowed back on our platform ever again, let's go ahead and give them. Come on, man. (laughs) We did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb, dumb award of the day goes to those Twitter fascists because nobody cares about your opinion about President Donald J. Trump. We stopped caring a long time ago. Didn't you notice that people like Donald Trump, people like James O'Keefe, people like Jeremy Harrell, we are now uncancelable. Everything we put out still makes the rounds. I have 200,000 views 
on Live from America videos on Facebook, and I'm not even on Facebook. Once you get to a certain point, there's nothing that you can do to us. So nobody cares that you don't want to let President Trump back on there. President Trump puts out a statement, and it still goes around the world and twice back around again before you can ever have anything to say about it. Now, before we end the show, I do want to talk about Airbnb real quick, folks, because Airbnb has literally canceled service for all Russians. First, Facebook and Meta started allowing hate speech and violence and calls for death against Russians. Remember that last month, just out of nowhere? Hey, you can now call for death and violence against Russians. Well, I knew that was going to breed more hate. I knew that was going to breed more racism and bigotry, which is exactly what it did. And now Airbnb says they will no longer give any service to any Russians and not just Russians, any Belarusians either. Kevin Rothrock tweeted yesterday, I've been informed that Airbnb is indeed automatically refusing service to anyone who has, a verifi- who has verified their identity um, using Russian documents, regardless of where they live now. That means even here in the United States, this could be a major problem for people fleeing Russia and looking for housing abroad. Not only has Airbnb left Russia and Belarus, but now... It's now banned Russia and Belarusian nationals from using its service anywhere in the world. Talk about racism and bigotry and how can this even be possible? A message on Airbnb this morning to Russian nationalists and Belarusian nationalists reads, Airbnb has suspended activities in Russia and Belarus. This means that bookings of accommodations and experiences in Russia and Belarus have been discontinued and Guests from these countries will no longer be able to book anywhere else in the world. There's your A, B, and B love and acceptance. There is your left wing acceptance. I've been saying for a long time, these people do exactly what they accuse everybody else of doing. They are the most evil, racist, scumbag, hypocrite losers on the planet. And now you have another business to boycott in case you used them. But if you're like me and my family, you don't get to go out and use BNB very often. The only Airbnb you have is if your wife throws breakfast at you because you won't get your lazy butt out of bed and it flows through the air and hits you in the face. There's your Airbnb when you live in the world that we all live in. Either way, if you use them, Ixnay, no more using them. We do have some good news to end the show. And then we're going to play you a funny video. Good news to end the show is the death of CNN actually continues. I knew this was going to happen. I called it months ago. Based on his viewership, Humpty Dumpty, Mr. Potato Head himself, Brian Stelter. Word on the street is he'll be getting the boot next. CNN may be given the boot to old Humpty Dumpty, Brian Stelter. The CNN bloodbath continues. First it was Jeff Zucker, then it was Chris Cuomo, and now it looks like Brian Stelter may be next. Charlie Gasparino tweeted out, CNN plus employees bracing for layoffs, if you remember that. CNN employees say new streaming channel could be merged into a larger Discovery Plus. Well, it's not just CNN that's getting the Ixnay or the Axe. It's also their TV hosts. In early February, it was reported that CNN insiders were calling for Stelter's head. A lot of this has to do with bribery and stuff that uh, Chris Cuomo is uh, doing to the company right now because he wants to take CNN down with him. Maybe CNN is finally getting tired of their fake news hosts, but I would say maybe CNN is finally getting tired of their low viewership because Brian Stelter, he can't, he's not even getting the viewership that Bannon is getting on RAV. Steve Bannon is getting more viewership than Brian Stelter is on a major nationally, uh, uh, international company as CNN. Steve Bannon's getting more on Real America's Voice News than he's getting on CNN, which tells you how bad it is for the once king of cable news. They're going down, folks. Same with Wokios, Oreos, the new Wokio Oreos. I'll have our producer make an image of that, and we'll share it around on the Facebook page. Oh, now, I told you, stop that video real quick. I told you that we would end the show today talking about this whole Barack Hussein Obama visit. Barack Hussein Obama visited the White House yesterday. And ladies and gentlemen, it actually confirmed everything that we already knew. Joe Biden is not in charge. 
Joe Biden was never in charge. Barack Hussein Obama is the president of the United States working from his basement. And yesterday just proved it as Joe Biden aimlessly and very lonely walked around the White House looking for somebody to talk to. The entire Democratic Party that was there was circling Obama and praising him like the Messiah that they claim that he is. Ready, folks? This is, this is horrid to watch. This is absolutely terrible for old poop pants, hairy legs Joe himself. First of all, he's lost walking around lonely. Second, he goes to actually reach out. He grabs Obama's shoulder. He's saying, he's shaking it. He's like, oh, he's trying to talk, and Obama just ignores him and continues to move on and shake hands with his subordinates. Check this out. What do I do? Oh, look, everybody's over there talking to Obama. I'm just by myself. Barack. Barack, I got, I got, I got, I got hairy legs. Barack. You know, Barack. I, uh, I'm friends with Corn Pop, Barack. He's got the same color of skin as you. Stop talking to those people. I'm the president, Barack. Come on, man. Come here. Let me talk to you. Yeah, now I can put my hand on his shoulder. He'll see me now. Now get away from me, Joe. Let me shake this guy's hand instead. He's way more important. <laughs> what a loser. What an absolute dried up in the sun raisin loser. But it actually got to show it actually showed us everything that we've already known that Barack Hussein Obama is still running the Democrat Party. Folks, that's going to do it for Live from America today. I want to thank each and every one of you who helped out and donated. I want to thank each and every one of you who helped out and shared. The video, make sure you check out the big deals right now on all clothes. We even got kids clothes on jeremyarrow.com. Go there and check them out and continue to use that promo code LFA and get something in return. It also helps out the show. It's great, and I appreciate it, folks. There are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there is only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I will see you tonight at 5 p.m. For more Live from America. Until then, keep a smile on your face and spread the gospel. Peace.